dialed in to Box and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Welcome back to Bucks and Brews. Um, Nick, we have a fun one tonight, don't we? We do. I'm really excited. All right. Do you want to introduce it or do you want to talk beer first? No, no. So let's talk beer first. All right. You go. Uh, say from Duclaw, I have a sour me, passion fruit, mango, and guava, which we know was this year's summer hit guava. Yes. Um, I have a Kentucky vanilla barrel cream ale. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then I have a pumpkin ale from i don't know a company and say pumpkin with some spices added and the one i'm really really excited about uh from southern tier warlock it's an imperial pumpkin stout that sounds awesome i'll be saving that for last it's gonna be a great beer so i'm i'm back to the o'fallon salted caramel pumpkin there you go because i do love that and then after that i'm back to pigeon hell salted caramel porter and then i got a couple nines with me mike what you got not sure which one I'll start with first, but I was doing a little shopping, and so I've got a rogue brewery. It's called Raspberry Tartlandia, which is a raspberry, coriander, um, hand-harvested salt, basically sour. So, what that one looks like. And then also something I got from Duclaw, it is, it's called pastryarchy irish cream dessert stout yeah that sounds delicious i've seen that i was gonna grab that but i was like nah you know just the 40 night we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of drinking here in the next couple days yeah our livers are not gonna like us on the boat yeah um so we have a special guest tonight nick so maybe next time i head up that way i'll have one for you thanks so we have a special guest tonight. Um, Nick had put out the question, hey, who owns a food truck? And we had a few people reach out, and one of them is Tom over here. Tom, what are you drinking? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to be uh, bringing to the table uh, Diet Pepsi. It uh, comes in a 20-ounce, and uh, it can be room temperature or uh, refrigerated. Chilled. Never that's, frozen. That's, um, so that's going to be my uh, oh, cocktail tonight. That's excellent. Um, Blushies are yummy. They are yummy. Uh, before we get into specifics on the show, I got a couple of things. Uh, Nick, we had somebody come into break room therapy this weekend. Yeah. And they brought some bottles to break. Do you want to know what brewery they bought, brought bottles from? Duclaris. Ooh, really? They did. Wow, they're a Nick. <laughs> they, uh, well, he's originally from Wisconsin. Sure. He's in the service. Okay. And of course, you can't take him back here. So okay. he brought him into break. And then I asked him to, Worst question in the world. Does that mean you're a Packer fan? <laughs> he, say, yeah. he goes, I sure am. And I went, I'm so sorry. Oh, say, no, yeah. we, we just don't allow Packer fans. No. So. <laughs> Nick and I don't agree on football, but that is the one thing we agree on. We hate the Packers. He's a Lions fan. I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, I'm even yeah. the same way. I hate the Packers. Yeah. And I'm a 49ers fan. Oh, and we hate gosh. the Cowboys. Everybody hates the Cowboys. Nobody likes the Cowboys. Um, so I, I thought of you when he came in with the new Glarus. He had four or five different beers. The variety pack. Yeah, he did. It was it was pretty cool. Um, 
so I I saw this graphic earlier with Katie Porter just to call back to last week's episode on yep. inflation, and she was you know grilling people as she does in front of Congress, and she asked if this guy knew what the number one driver for inflation was you know right now, and it seems that fifty four percent of inflation is being driven by corporate greed. Yep, we'll say thirty percent the housing market. Yep, so um, literally that means. It, it, Corporate greed is the highest up there. I mean, you yeah. talk about the highest amount of revenue for oil companies. Um, I mean, you look at you look at large corporations that are out there, and they're just excited that they're making more money, um, and they're not giving out more. No, they're not. We talk about that. Is way there too a portion often. of the housing market that also falls within the corporate greed? Since we know a lot of the increased prices are the companies buying up the properties so they can either hold them and sell them you know, later or rent them or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's um, a great question. Um, I saw about three minutes of Katie Porter yelling at a guy. So, you know, um, it was so, fun when she yells at him. It is. She's really good. She had the board and everything. You know, I'd like to do a real estate thing because I mean, just I'm not gonna lie. Like I shit my pants because I, I'm already seeing a huge change. I mean, yeah. you know, you can, you can ask for concessions. You can do all the, all the things I was teaching people, like what right. you should be doing. You can't do that right now. You can now. I mean, like. Oh, so, is it better? Oh, my gosh, dude. Like houses are sitting on the market for, you know, what used to be four days on the market. Now it's like already up to 30. Yeah, I can see that because they're not doing the bidding wars that they were. Like over overpayments, not a thing. Yeah. Actually, you can go in and walk for a 6% seller concession, FHA. But again, we'll do it. We'll do a. Um, Whole episode. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe in a handful of weeks, your neighbor will actually put a reasonable price on that house that they wanted to sell for i'll offer them two hundred thousand right now i don't even know if i would at this moment but um you know so i'm 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 looking forward to see where it's going ahead um so before we get too winded with our normal bullshit um tom we get off topic a lot just so you know but that's my thing please introduce your business because i want to hear about this so i'm tom gottschalk i represent collar brass solutions our specialty is currently a food truck business, and uh, we operate out of West Michigan, and that's uh, in Grand Rapids. And then we also uh, will navigate throughout the state selling our wares and uh, basically exploring how we can uh, please the world with uh, our food. You ever get down my way? Yeah, uh, we get as far out. Well, I've been to Fort Wayne, so we start towards your okay. way. Uh, well, <laughs> that's way past where I'm at. <laughs> But uh, that would be a special occasion, you know, truly in the food truck business, I think everybody's got a circle of influence. And I would say with uh, our fleet, given its age, it's about 45 miles. Um, so you possibly would see my truck in your neck of the woods, but it would be by chance and it would be a very good opportunity for us. Probably be more apt if I headed toward like Kalamazoo or whatever, maybe if yeah. it was like a festival or something yeah. that was bringing food yeah. trucks. Yeah, I was over in Adrian for a special event with uh, paralyzed veterans and, uh, you know, obviously cutting through your neck of the woods to get there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. The fleet is uh, really the driving force. How far can it go and mm -hmm. kind of maintain profit margins? So how many trucks do you have? We own three. Uh, we have registrations on three. They all expire on my birthday. And uh, two are operational and one is uh, being, I guess, created. Um, it's been fabricated. We did cut a side hole in it. It's going to be a food truck, whether it's with me or not. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Once you put the hole in the side of the truck, it does not uh, have a good delivery potential anymore. So, um, and 
Nick and I already obviously know the answer to this, but I want to ask. So are they the same food or are we different food? No. So uh, my brand, uh, Collar Brass Solutions, represents three trucks. Those three trucks will deliver different food, but be licensed to provide both menus. Uh, when I set up this company in the beginning, I thought there'd be a holding company and then we would deliver multiple services. One would be food truck. Another one would be educational track, maybe a technology track. And uh, so our food trucks deliver a fast food menu, a Reuben menu, and then also gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, I like the Reuben menu idea. Oh, it's way out of price right now. I mean, with the price of meat, no yeah. one's really volunteering to pay the cost of it, but uh, oh, it yeah. is approved. And uh, we do have some pretty neat ideas on how we present it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I still have like, it's not a Reuben unless it's like corned beef with the Swiss cheese, sure. with like the Thousand Island or Russian dressing, with sauerkraut on a marble rye. Yeah, anything so we'll like do, that. Uh, just, it's not a Reuben. Yeah, we'll do actually uh, the California. We got to spin on a um, pastrami one. And then, of course, uh, would be corned beef fine. is uh, That's basically smoked. just peppered corned beef. Yeah. Corned beef is smoked, Mike. Very good, too. See, and again, these are foods from my heritage, and I hate all of them. <laughs> beef is so delicious. Sauerkraut or not your I, hate, I, I don't like sauerkraut. My grandmother loved to make it. She's Pol She was yeah. Polish. Yeah. Um, I don't like corned beef. I'm Irish. And the Persian part of me hates all Persian food. I just think it's disgusting. Rejection. Or beef is, Rejection. I mean, it's smoked because it's that's how you cook it. Because yeah. it's always traditionally bad, kind of pickled and then smoked. And then now they don't do the more, I'm not really a pickling, like a curing with like, because you can get like saltpeter and stuff like that. Uh, well, Nick said he tried all three sandwiches at the uh, grilled cheese one. Yeah, yep. So what do you have at the grilled cheese one? So there's five sandwiches that are uh, oh. recognized by our customers. We present typically three of the five, mm -hmm. depending on the venue. But uh, we have sweet, savory choices. And then, of course, the traditional. The traditional is the most popular still. Uh, it's a four cheese blend on a uh, dedicated bread. And then we also have what we call our spicy, which is just a little bit spicy. It's a tad spicy with pepper jack and then uh, guacamole. Roma tomatoes on a dedicated bread. And then you pivot over to what we call our savory. The savory um, you'll see uh, presented with a uh, goat cheese then pesto. And then of course um, that's melted on a dedicated bread with uh, Roma tomatoes as well. That sounds delicious. Special is very cool. It comes with an apple and uh, um, an apple on it. And it's pretty slick when we put it with the uh, right combination. And then we have what's called the sweet, and the sweet is basically Nutella. <laughs> Here's the secret ingredient: yeah. brie cheese. There you go. Yeah, the cinnamon bread. Oh, actually, and, uh, that's a fun one. And yeah. you guys, so you, you don't, guys do, you don't do an Elvis fun. or anything like that. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I leave that to the burger people. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> those beef guys can kill it with that kind of combination. <laughs> you know, so I think on my side, right, I had like uh, some type of a chip. A yeah. basic chip, and then I had two brownie bites, which were just amazing. Which I know you don't make, right? But yeah. like everybody loves those brownie yeah. bites. The <laughs> so. best is when someone goes, "Oh yeah, these are at Sam's Club," and they're like, "And I'm glad they're there." Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we do a chip trio, and that is a pleasant surprise. No one else is doing anything like that, where you can say, "Hey, I like this chip, but I don't like this one," but there's still a third choice. Yeah, we um, we had a uh, soup and grilled cheese place in town for a while. Yeah, in Granville. Yeah, and my wife and daughter absolutely loved it. Dedicated. So this, this is right up their alley. Was it Zoop? 
No. Oh, Tom and Chi. Yeah, that was oh, it. Tom Chi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this would be right up their alley. So I'm going to have to find out where the uh, where the cheese grilled cheese is. Yeah, just look us up on that. Social I will absolutely be doing that because I know the two of them will go nuts for it. My wife does every time. That's what um, we do on that truck. You're welcome. I, I think I've bought you a house with <laughs> um, No. Um, okay. And then, no, say so actually, we talked about how far you'll travel. Um, so do you run year round? No. Um, I'm old. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> and my team has a tolerance for heat and not a high tolerance for cold. Uh, so this particular operation uh, will shut down sooner than later, but uh, we ran till December 17th. We did a uh, concert at the intersection. Okay. Uh, we were dedicated to the band that was playing that night for a holiday special. And um, that was December 17th. And I remember it vividly. It was very cold. And we're in a tin can that evacuates any heat that builds up. And uh, I do not want to see December 17th this year. Yeah. But invitations come in, and that's the hard part. It is. You have to, at some point, say no. It's just we're, like, we're going to get the damn band shot. We're going to get the Dan band to come back. I would love to... that. Love the Dan band. Um, um, so, my wife, being a, a small business owner, the one thing she learned real quickly was every time you say yes to somebody, you're saying no to yourself. So, and it's tough to do that, but you have to find that happy medium. So I can vividly see us not being available after December 17th. Sure. There you go. Uh, Tom, do you work a full-time job besides this? or is I have a lot of hobbies. I retired two years ago after leaving tech and uh, I work as a paramedic. I'm a part-time bus driver. I have a family that I raise and then um, I can make money a couple other ways. We're going to need to talk even more. So I'm getting to the point of where you are. Um, and my wife wants me to go drive bus because it pays. Oh, it's fantastic. And she's like, because, you know, my biggest thing right now is I just want to be able to drop my kid off and pick her up. One or the other is huge. Um, and then I I think part of me, like I just told my wife the other day, awesome. I actually kind of want to do paramedic stuff. And interesting. Um, because like I'm at the point where I, I want to go help save people and some sure. of the crap that people are going through and i'm like huh um and in both worlds you're gonna and, see and the you, world and you can do part-time on these things and i'm like oh, oh geez like you know and i i just always assume that i'm gonna be i assume you've seen um billy madison you're gonna have to uh adam sandler with oh, uh, yeah, chris yeah, yeah. he goes back yeah. to school yeah. and so yeah. then uh, he's got chris so you're gonna be charlie driving the yeah. bus eating everybody's so, lunch oh, turn this bus around, you know and these kids won't get the humor and the joke no, no, right? no, like, be flat. you'll be like you're just scared yeah, right like i live in a van down by the river <laughs> you are so old oh, gosh mr nick you're so old yeah. like you know I don't know. We all, we had this one bus driver. He's the greatest guy in the world, but he was only like a substitute bus driver. He'd only yeah, do like a special, and he'd be like, "We'd be like, hey, make sure you hit the curb on the way in." Pop, pop. Like it was, it made it fun, right? <laughs> it's not your vehicle to this right now, man. If you want to know more about it, I'll tell you. I'm I really, for it. I really actually am. Um, I'm making myself a note now. <laughs> Talk more about yeah, bus driving. Yeah, it's a good gig. So now. We we just seen today. I think we South Haven. You're familiar with the area? Yeah, I just saw food trucks. Yeah, he's hey. getting some traction. Uh, yeah, my, money at it. my wife sent me a message, the uh, an article about South Haven's, you know, voting on year round food trucks. Man, and some crazy. people are really mad about this. 
they probably think they're just RVs, you know, with toilets off the back. Right? <laughs> Morning, Clark. <laughs> sure, full. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, everyone's got their own little niche. But, yeah, uh, yeah it did pop up on Facebook. They thought I'd find it interesting. And uh, yeah. there is some traction being gained about it. It's a, it's a unique way of dining, no doubt about it. Well, and um, I would think, you know, you, you pointed out how cold it was in there just on December 17th, yeah. which it hasn't gotten typically to the coldest point of the year yet here in Michigan. Yeah, and so you hit a January or February opportunity. Um, the truck is designed to evacuate any heated gases. So oh. even if you heated it from the bottom up, it's going to get pulled out that hood. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you're just short of wearing mittens. And uh, the wind starts blowing the wrong way. And you're hearing a lot of people complain. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I I have a hard enough time coaching in the spring and when it starts getting cold and raining. Um, sorry, I love how Nick writes feverishly. So I'm already right. I'm already writing. Um, you know, I, I we talked about a little bit past where I'm at. Uh, so walk me through, I guess, how do you get started in food truck industry and like. I know there's some licensing yeah. that you talked about. Like what, what is all, what does it take to, to make something like this happen? So just to keep it in context, my experience is uh, over a period of two years, I left the medical industry, full-time education and technology and pivoted to this business for the sake of thinking it was going to be pretty easy to start. I would say to somebody who's interested in taking the art of their food and putting it into a mobile food environment or the STFU or whatever you want to call it, the food trucks, would be to have a lot of cash on hand or have access to a lot of cash. I think it's really easy to underestimate the startup costs mm -hmm. and the unknown expenses without experiencing it, without actually having it happen to you and you realize, whoops, that's kind of tough. A tow truck is going to cost you 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. So sure. if you're in the series of 90s, 2000 trucks and that truck breaks down, you literally have to recover that some way or another, or you just have... Uh, unlimited access to cash. So the way it starts out is you would um, set a concept up. Hopefully you'd establish some type of business plan, some type of entry level uh, business plan, and then an exit strategy. Once you get that set aside, then you're going to tell the state the government that you're interested in uh, starting a food truck business. They're going to look at your blueprints. They're going to look at your plans, your standard operating guidelines, and they're going to give you a quick preview to say, yep, you're on the right track or you're not on the right track. Mm -hmm. So uh, once that happens, you take that truck, you turn it into a kitchen. And then once you turn that into a kitchen, the state will verify through the county governments that that is a legitimate kitchen. And that's where you get licensed. So through the county that your business is in or through yeah. the county that you live in? No, it's kind of funny. And uh, this is uh, technically, I would say this off the record, but that's not going to happen here. Uh, <laughs> what you want to do is you want to get into a county that has reasonable expectations of what it is food truck kitchen would look like sure that's not where i live sure okay <laughs> because sometimes the standards very steep yep and it's kind of hard to maintain for some people mm -hmm. again if you have a, a, a situation where you're cash strapped you're not going to want to add all of this hardware that's maybe required in a county versus another county so the answer to your question is you can put it legally in any county okay you may not feel invited to do so, but the law is clear that they're supposed to let you in. Sure. Uh, in the beginning, I thought that I was going to move into a certain county and they had um, maybe more laid back approach to inspection. 
um, and I was not welcome. I then pivoted to my own area, realizing that if I hit that standard, then I would be satisfied with everyone else's standards. In other words, we'll just cut it off the list. My city and my county have the strictest policies in our region. If I hit that mark, then I go to this county, this county, this county, no one's going to give me a hard time because I've already broken uh, into all the rules and accomplished most of the standards that are set. Yeah. Oh. But the law is clear. I, I could be licensed anywhere mm -hmm. and they have no choice but to accept me, but that's really not true how government works anymore. So I want to ask this because, you know, with my wife being a business owner, we get questions all the time on, you know, hey, this is easy to do, right? Yeah. So do you have people come to you and go, food trucks, that's just simple, right? This. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do this, or this is my dream job, or yeah, this would be something really fun, or we're going to do this someday. Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, I think with a public facing business in the hospitality industry, all of us can think it's real easy to run mm -hmm. a hotel, to run an Uber business or a catering business or whatever it would be in the entertainment world. Um, but the reality is, you know, it's got its own nuance and, and, and there's some lessons you're going to learn the hard way. And uh, I witnessed food truck operations from a routine food truck presentation. And I thought, oh, I can make, make this happen. No problem. Two years in, I'm just like, boy, I hope everyone else feels the same way because I'd like them to get the same bruises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's, and, and, you know, you mentioned Uber. I did Uber for a little bit before I had my daughter. And, um, you know, I, it's fine. You can, I, I can make the money. But when it became about what your rating was and stuff like that, I realized how much I just didn't give a fuck about people. Sure. Because no matter what I did, it would never be right. And that was fine with me. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. um, Hey, you know, I, oh, he didn't offer candy and water, right? And then the other person would be like, oh, he offered only mints and it, I don't like the smell of mint. And I'm like, yeah, just, just half it, right? Like, no matter what you do, you'll never please these people. Yeah, yeah. Um, say, and so, no, like, I don't know. I, I, I've always looked into a food truck, I think, part of me. So that's another question for me. Um, why food trucks versus what I would call like a food cart or like oh, a... Um, so in uh, the state that I operate, um, we have several types of licenses that if you look to the law, it's pretty easy to understand. There's a temporary kitchen license, which means you're probably doing barbecue and you're just going to present it to the public once in a while and they'll come and inspect you that day and say you can open or close. Um, the next one would be like a weenie wagon or something yep. like that, where you basically get permission to run this food cart and... Um, Depending on the city, you can either park it there or not park it there. That's that's a local issue. But you tell the state, I want to run this hot dog cart. They'll come out and check that out. Then there's two in the food truck business. One is a mobile food unit. And then there's uh, STFU, which means um, sanitary trading food unit or something like that. It sounds gross. Um, and it also sounds funny when you say, yeah, STFU. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like yeah. I was going to go back to it and I, I didn't write it down, but I was like, but what it is, is, the di differentiation is one is allowed to go out for 24 hours and they have to come back. Okay. Clean their dishes, mm -hmm. empty out their uh, sinks and all that other stuff. The other one can go out for four days and that's mm -hmm. the highest standard, but also the highest workload when it comes to notifying the county and letting them know what you're doing. Um, so um, you know, again, there's gradients, right? I just want to do something once. I'm a little church and I'm going to do a pancake breakfast. That's a temporary kitchen license, the weenie cart, and then these two food truck levels. Um, when you talk about the mobile or outside food business. Sure. Yeah. Now, 
how do you find gigs? So I like I know. I mean, I do people come to you? Yeah. Do you go find them? All of our businesses uh, by invitation. That's how we chose to operate. It's an easy business model to not have to work too hard as far as um, finding out what's right and then take the burden on if you didn't make a good choice. Sure. So everything would be by invitation. There's a few times where, um, you know, I thought, hey, let's try this out. I asked to be invited and then we were invited to it. So that would be like a retail spot sure. where you pull out in front of, let's say, a commercial building. There's a lot of highway traffic or a lot of traffic driving by and you just hope that you can park and obtain business. And sure. uh, the other ones are always invite. And uh, truly, then it's just using your gut to say, does it make sense? Does it not make sense? And uh, after two years, I don't think I'm very good at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you know, not I, very good at it. You know, I, we always like having them, but I, you know, from the business side, it doesn't always make sense to go to a place, it's right? Like, um, the, I don't, I would assume, right. And this is an assumption, but like, we talked about you went to my daughter's school and yeah. um i would have like I, from what i'm told everybody just makes great money doing those like yeah. for food truck wise right yeah and, that's not right though uh, yeah, <laughs> right? That's like, not true. Um, um so i would suggest uh, just like having access to cash you know having access to some type of nut where you can kind of pull money from and hopefully someday get it back into it um, the same is true for picking and choosing events sure uh, if you're invited and the host pays everybody will always be happy in the end sure. right? because you're going to probably set a minimum and it's going to be covering your expenses. And then you hope there's some gravy because they go over their minimum. Sure. Where it's a public event, they say, I'd like you to come to my neighborhood. Good you luck. know, that's the most fun because you're just like, well, we're just going to take a chance. Sure. And hopefully it works out. And many times it does not where it really gets a little bit goofy is that hybrid. It's like, we'd like you to come to our uh, city it's a fireworks night. Sure. And then it's like, okay. Then you start doing imaginary math. And it really is imaginary math with a theory behind it. Mm -hmm. And that is, we imagine as food truck people, 500 people at a non-eating event will generate maybe 150 to 200 customers. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, that customer, that venue will say, we want to have five trucks. Oh wow! Oh wow! Now, you, now, now you're now you're fighting for yeah you're you're fighting for thirty people. The numbers are not good, and, no. and it's impossible to explain that to somebody. Well, we well we'd like to have variety. I get it. I completely understand. But you told me you're expecting seventy five to one hundred people at a soccer field. Yeah, and I know that really twenty percent that's coming. People are going to eat, yep. and you would like us there for four hours. The operating cost is blank. Materials cost blank it's really easy to make a bad choice. And, and I have done that easily too often. And I continue to do it until um, I realize, okay, where is the recipe? You know, when someone says we expect 2000, okay, are they right? Yeah. You know, what, what's their source? They went off of pre-COVID numbers or are they going over an event the last year? Yep. Um, were they itchy to do something in that city? You know, um, but uh, yeah, so that's how that works. And so if you say, I'm hosting a party. It's a five hour all nighter and we will prepay for 200. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's like, you can't lose. Yeah. I'm, 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 uh, so I'm 34. Um, but I think for my 40th, uh, maybe my 35th, I haven't figured it out yet, but that's kind of what I want to do. I want to yeah. find, I either want to have my own taco truck or hire a taco truck and just say, hey, taco truck. Yeah. That's like really heart wrenching to me. 
I picked the wrong pathway. I always say, we'll never be a taco truck. And I'm just like, it should have been a taco truck. Yeah. <laughs> taco trucks. I was talking to uh, I was talking to a lot of my Hispanic friends and talking to a book like, and they're all pissed because the prices of tacos. I mean, yeah. And I hate, I'm the first to admit this. I don't talk bad about companies, but I hate donkey. Okay. This is, it's this restaurant in Grand Rapids. Supposed to offer fancy tacos, and they're like six dollars a taco, and they're this big. Okay, I am a this large of a man. Yes, you want a big <laughs> like, taco? I do, and you know I want meat on it. Many I don't, of them. I don't. Right, I don't want. I don't want your half of an ounce of something with two pieces of lettuce, and when I fold it, I still have air in there. Right, like so. Frustrations. I'm going to say this because our listeners know we're going on a cruise. We are. Um, so, we leave Sunday, <laughs> and my wife starts looking at menus. Yeah. And day two yeah, on day. the buffet is Mexican day. Yeah. And Nick, so she's taking a bath when she sees this. And I hear her squeal in the bathroom. I'm like, what the hell is going on in there? She goes, Nick's going to be so happy. Tacos <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. Um, and so, right, like I, but they're all like, man, you know what? Yeah. I don't know why the prices went up. This didn't go that crazy. And they go, also because it's the new trend. Everybody wants them. So mm-hmm. they, they can get more money for it. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But so, but I got what I want to do is just go to a, a truck and say, hey, how much yeah. is it going to cost just to guarantee you to come here? Right. Yeah. Like I'll just pay and for that it. That is a good word to use. How can I make sure that you won't find a better gig yep. as a customer? How will I make sure you don't go find a better gig between now and yep. like, <laughs> whatever it is? Where you full broke down or whatever. That's absolutely right. And you can put yourself in their position. You know, oh, yeah. they got a team, they got a family, and you get it. But, you know, someone says, um, yeah, I'm thinking about this or thinking about this. And then someone says, I have a wedding. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's curious. But that's what I, I like need to hear from today was actually a taco truck. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, at, the, at the store where I went to pick up the beer that I bought, they just happened to have a taco truck in their yeah. little thing. And yeah, it was like $60 with like three Asada street tacos and a couple of tamales. And then I got a Haritos to drink. Oh, so I mean, that's not horrible. Mm. I mean, getting three tacos, two tamales, and, and a drink. Like, I, I'd say it's, it sucks, but like, it's not horrible. 16, you said? Yeah. 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 I'd say $3, right. 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Um, no, okay. So we talked about price real quick. Does your pricing change per event? Yeah. Um, it does. A okay. A little bit. Um, I guess you're going to want to um, assess the need and then also assess the uh, expenses of how it is to, to pull that off. A good example that seems reasonable to everybody, I think if you say it out loud is, yeah, we'd like you to come out for a 40 person party. Well, you do the math 40 times, whatever your plate cost is. It's like, wow, you know, I can't even get to 500. Right. If I did it for 15 instead of 12, yeah, we get to that 500 and we start covering hourly expenses. Um, so yes, on the public side, I don't see that happening very often. You might tailor something to get rid of ingredients, but that's just not how we operate. Sure. Um, we don't do specials per se. Um, the menus fix. And over the last two years, we've kind of gotten to, I think, the ceiling of what people are willing to pay on the grilled cheese line. And we're trying to figure it out in the Reuben line. And then on the fast food line, I think we've hit the ceiling for that too, where people will say, oh, that's way too much or they'll they'll be like okay i don't like it but i'm in the way it's it's really hard i mean i'm the cheapest person that you don't know that you know granted i told you i bought all three grilled cheeses yeah and i think i paid 12 a piece i don't remember 
my wife is the influence. If it would have been me, zero chances, zero chances I'm buying that traditional one for 12 bucks. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I grew up on craft singles with a yeah. 69. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm like, man, I can make this for 26. But yeah. like, if it's a very nice Gouda and it's got a bunch of other things, like, yeah. I will think. About, but so I, we, we bought it. But no, I mean, um, I get where you're, hey, you're hitting a ceiling. Yeah. And this is where you can get to. So venues where you just know they're going to tolerate it. For sure. Um, and I don't want to stereotype any particular customer, but there's times where, Someone says, yeah, we're having a graduation party. There's going to be a different factor in there because they want you to be there for four hours sure. or five hours. Sure. Or they want you to be slow. And um, so, um, and, you know, if, if you're 60 miles away, that's going to be a lot different than being 12 miles away too. What I got to assume, you know, if somebody's calling you for a graduation party, it would probably also depend on the place they're graduating from. Like <laughs> you're graduating from Byron Center where I'm at. Versus versus Godwin there we coached it <laughs> you know, a little different demographic there a little different money well we might just like, like with like mm-hmm. with like my word every about every month they'll do a food truck day the first time they did it it was kind of our summer picnic and so it was basically the company paid for it and basically as we walked out there they said here's a ticket go to whichever truck you want and get whatever meal you want and of course it was each truck, you know, was catered to kind of whatever they were willing to pay per head. But again, like you said, that's one where it's more guaranteed money because, you know, if they do, you know, we've got, like, you know, 1,200 people in our company. If we're all like that work on the site, if we're all given a ticket to get a meal, even if there's five food trucks, they're probably still guaranteed a couple hundred people. Yeah. So there is even if a... you're the least popular truck. Yeah, but then they do a, it now where you have to you pay your own in. way. And yeah. I haven't bought down since I started to pay your own way. It has nothing to do with not wanting to get food from a food truck. It has to do with I don't have time in my schedule yeah. to get it, you know, to go down for lunch, potentially wait in line for sure. 20 you know, minutes to get the food that I want and then, you know, go back. And and you'll find that, you know, we went to the, the first ever uh, world's largest food truck rally in Allegan or whatever it would have been um this is years ago and now it's like multiple years and things like that and um i tried so many different things because i wasn't standing in the line of the burger line i wasn't standing because you know the things that everybody was going to go to i went and tried these other trucks and i started falling in love with great things um you know when you when you'd kind of walk me through the steps of what it takes to start you had mentioned one thing that i i think in in my business especially so i own real estate um say david own you know his wife and all that on here but you had mentioned the word exit strategy and you said oh it's got to be like i had the luxury of already walking through that one time with really? a software company okay. and uh vividly i remember the conversation with my business partner and our corporate attorney saying you have to look at this like it's a child and you will become divorced someday yeah. or one of you will die <laughs> Or you will be giving up your child to college. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. And so um, our operating guidelines were very crystal clear, laid out, like, what happens if we don't agree? What happens if this? But then also in there was, what happens if one dies? And what happens if one wants to leave? Or both want to leave? it. So how do we take care of this child afterwards? Yep. So that guidance, when I started uh, with my business partner, was just ingrained for 17 years. We have to get along. We have to get through this. The business agreement says so. Yeah. And, and 
we had we had a guest on that was specifically about exiting your business and how yeah. to sell it and um preparing but um you know i think people forget about that right oh, they they only think they only think about the beginning they only think about the growing aspect but you you forget that it's not like magically your business retires, right? No. I mean, if that's what it is, like, hey, I'm just going to run it. You know, you don't run it to the ground. You just go, hey, I'm not opening today. And things just sit. But then you have a food truck in your case. Then you have a food truck just sitting in your driveway for the rest of your life. You have to think about, hey, I have to sell that thing. Sure. I mean, in theory, I guess, technically, you could go drive it into a spot and let everything sit and then get the tickets for it and do it. But, like, you, you have to think about that. You must have a way to know, if I broke my leg, yeah. Or if they found a tumor on my chest or whatever the scenario is yeah. going to be, worst case, best case, you know, we end up with my theory is I'm going to have eight trucks in seven years. I have to know what exiting looks like and what the valuation on the company would be. Mm-hmm. And everything that we throw at it has to be with the mindset that this isn't this is a child and, and what's going to happen after I'm gone. And uh, the team counts on that planning. You know, your family counts on that planning. And uh, it really does settle a lot of disputes um, that you don't anticipate. If you do kind of picture, we are building something here that will have value in the end. That's the point. It's not a job. And if you don't, it's a job, right? right? You you basically buy a job and now you have your own boss status. And that's not enough. That is totally not enough to to run a company that uh, is successful. And, and that's the whole difference is, is it's a company, right? It's your, yeah. I tell people this whole time, right? People, oh, I'm an investor. Okay. An investor could mean, like technically my seven-year-old is an investor. She has a bank account that she gets two bucks on. Okay. Everybody in theory could be an investor. Now, do you want to be a business owner or do you want to just be a uh, um, a person that's out there doing this, right? Right. An employee. Um, are, are, are you are you a hobby? Are you a hobby person, or are you a business owner, right? And don't get me wrong. There's times. I mean, you've you've admitted to faults and and wrongs and things a little bit. Like, hey, I misjudged doing this. Like, you know, I went over to one of my one of my apartment complexes just just not too long back, and I was like, shit. Like, I've been a horrible business owner, right? I'm looking at my common areas. I'm looking at some things, and I'm just going. I have not swept this. I haven't kept this up. Like my tenants haven't seen me. Like, and I thought about it. I was like, man, my tenants haven't seen me in a while. That's not who I want to be. That's not how I started. That's not. And so like it kicked myself in the butt. And I said, look, you're a business owner. You're not just a person that owns property. Right. <laughs> like, um, so I, I want to go back to something that yeah. we talked about a second ago. So as far as the, something happens to you, what, what happens to the business? So you run your business. It is not your wife's business. That is absolutely correct. You drop dead tomorrow. She sells everything. Maybe. Or she finds somebody to run it for her. She has the option. Right. Yep. But gut feeling. She sells everything. Yeah. So (laughs) with this place, my wife runs this place. She runs break room therapy. I don't. Yep. But I'm here working for free. Something happens to her tomorrow. You think I'm selling? Uh, I think it'll the just right price, hire, yes, hire, right for the right price. I would. She has a price in her head too. But I think I think you'll just hire like hire one of your people a little bit more money to to take over her responsibilities. I, I would absolutely. Yeah, and you'll still show up and do what you can. Yeah, but um, but maybe take a salary. Yeah, I mean, well, I take on salary at that point. So just a draw. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You so would take I, that I mean, money. You have to have that written out. I think that that's huge yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, it was weird because before I had my kid, it was just, eh, whatever, you'll figure this shit out. <laughs> and then I had that puts kid. it into perspective. And then my kid got a little older and I woke up and I was going on a flight. And you know, okay, I, I used to be the guy who loved turbulence, right? If there was turbulence on a plane and now my stomach drops, like I, I want to puke. I, and like, that's not normal. For, like I used to be this big thrill seeker. Yes, right? Like, um, when like, I oh my sail, God, I'm gonna leave my daughter without a dad. When I sail, I want to be in a storm. And then, like I told my wife, I was like, I don't know what the heck happened. Like I, like I, I hate flying. All of a sudden, she's like, You got responsible. And I was like, What? Like, I guess it's a possibility. But um, you know, I before I took off on the one, I wrote an entire page thing, and I was like, This is this is the steps of everything that's gonna happen in my life if I die. If my wife dies, these are the few little things. Call it a day. So well, what did um, we do last year when I tried to die? We talk, did an episode. <laughs> we did an episode and I told Nick, I'm like, if I die, I need you to do this, this, and this. And then I literally tried to die. Yeah. Um, so back to the food truck. Now, all right, what what makes you choose whether you're gonna do a fryer, a smoker, a flat top? Oh. I guess choosing what you're going to do. So I don't have a culinary background. And so literally I have stomped through decision-making by just being a little bit ignorant. Um, sure. So in the beginning, uh, I adopted a business that had established a fast food menu and it was a hustle that was cash fat, meaning it was literally all cash. Every, every time you went out, you went out and made um, all cash and you put it into the bank if you felt like it. That's sure. how the other owner was running it. And I have no idea how that happened. But on my side, um, I inherited that menu and it was already decided. And I just took that. When we pivoted to the second truck, it was a little bit more calculated. I aligned myself with a friend of mine who was in the EMS industry, who happened to be a vegetarian and had a desire to kind of tweak some food menus. And so that's how we ended up with the grilled cheese menu. I thought it was going to be soup and salad. I thought I was going to go to the end of cul-de-sacs, park that truck on a Wednesday, suck as much money as, out of all the office buildings with credit cards, and then come back the next week. Yeah. And that's what I thought I was going to do with soup and salad and just draw all of the executives out and all of the administrative help and just get $500 to stop. And But that's not how it turned out. Uh, it turned out with uh, adopting the first truck, this grilled cheese menu concept. And then the Rubens, I just have a passion. I love Rubens. I'm from the East coast. And um, that was the closest I could get to an Irish Rover theme. Mm -hmm. oh, and stay, uh, stay I, true to myself. I can't remember. I text my you wife. Know, you need to get a liquor license and sell some uh, Irish. Stouts with the, <laughs> I hear uh, you. I hear you. We've had a, we've had the best Ruben and I'm drawing a blank of where it was, but it was a smoked Reuben with such amazing sauerkraut. It was a marble rye. And it, I, I too am a Reuben fan. Reuben just, as it's supposed to be. Right, I just had one just the other day um, right next to Vitelli's in Comstock Park. I can't think of the name yep. of the place, but it was great. Yeah, you're talking about the place at the corner, right? Next yeah. to Vitelli's. Yep, the green building. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. I was really excited for my... <laughs> so um, we 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 get a lot of Reubens. Yeah. Um, now... All right. So when you, so you bought your first truck was actually already just an up and running truck. It was up and running. It was not licensed. It did not have uh, permits or anything like that. It was basically what I would affectionately call a chuck wagon. Okay. It was pushing out hot dogs, hamburgers, Polish sausages, and uh, bag chips, sodas, 
to people who has, uh, attended estate auctions. So for me, I got to see food prep. I got to see food holding, hot holding, safe delivery of, you know, transporting food. And then that allowed me to get into, okay, well, now how do I get this truck license? Because I did not want to operate outside the law because I don't willfully and knowingly do something wrong. I do a lot of things wrong. And I probably do a lot of things that are unlawful, but I don't knowingly, willfully go, I'm going to, other than speeding. <laughs> I am reckless when it comes to driving. Texting, speeding. I don't know why I have no remorse. None. Um, but when it comes to any other business related or family related, I will not go, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's going to feel good later. Well, and you have like doing the right thing isn't always the easy thing, right? I yeah. mean, but and you have to hold yourself to that high standard. Sure, we texted him. I got I got pulled over finally for the sixtieth sometime for speeding. He gets I, out of almost every ticket, and I finally got a ticket. And then I found out that my ticket was zero points and just one hundred and five dollars. <laughs> that is the bullet. And I was like, "That's the stupidest effing thing I've ever yeah. had to deal with." Like you just now wasted my time. I was driving safe. I, it was nothing. You know, this is open highway. It's whatever. Um. I was like, man, that's just a money grab, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't learn any. I didn't learn any lesson. And as I'm texting him, complaining, I get into my other town that I'm at, and I take a picture of my odometer at 47 and the sign that says 30 miles an hour. And I said, I didn't learn my lesson. It's been 17 minutes, right? Like, I don't care. Um, I'm just so annoyed by it. <laughs> um, but you know, I now. So the first one, you. Did you work in it? Now, yeah. Did you walk I, a bunch of trucks first? So no, um, that's a really good question. Um, and I would actually encourage anybody exploring this business to either surrender your time and volunteer. That's the cleanest way to get into it. There's no obligation. They don't have to pay you. And you just literally work and, and, and support them. Sure. I did that for this summer. And I literally was an indentured servant, took care of uh, all of the operations pieces of it. I showed up. And I left and, and I ultimately started driving the truck on my own time for them. And then I purchased a truck on a September day um, and then uh, it was mine. Okay. Um, but if anybody wants to get in this business, they got to spend a summer on a food truck to see if there's something there that they don't know anything about uh, that they want to get vetted. Because um, it's hot. It smells. Your clothes smell. And the list goes on from there of why you wouldn't want to do it. Um, but if you do a summer and you still like it, then, then you know. Um, and that's what I did. I had done that multiple times with multiple certifications, licenses, you know, just kind of walked that road where I basically do in-kind contribution, I call it. Sure. You know, value your time at zero because really to them it is zero until it's worth something. And as soon as that's worth something, then take over. Sure. Yeah. And did you already have a purchase conversation with them yeah. before you started working yeah um i had the understanding that i probably would buy the truck okay. they had already set a price um you know i just put it on a phone sent it to them with a text message um so it was agreed upon price <clears throat> and then um it's interesting you bring it up i almost forgot um but yeah that's how that uh, business started and um it was twelve thousand, i think um, that's it. Well, it's really cheap for a like, yeah, but I put forty thousand into it. Oh sh to get it up to yeah, he got it up standards. to wow yeah. licensing. Okay, so what did that entail? Sorry, now I have to know to go from twelve thousand to another forty thousand. Yeah, like a lot of hardware, a lot of uh, mechanical uh, plumbing fixes, uh, installation of a new generator, 
you know, there's a, you know, I mean, a food truck right now, if you were to look, is probably 50K to start. A food truck trailer, 35. Sure. Um, a new truck, 110. <laughs> yeah. 10,000. Just there you go. Now yes. you're in the business. Welcome. Bet you may not get in, you may not get licensed in Michigan. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because it's missing something. Nick had asked. I mean, like I said, I'm guessing your fast food truck is mostly like fryers and uh no fryers. No fryers. Solution uses no fryers. Nice. Why is that? Hideous. The clean. Oh yeah. To yeah. work around. No. Um, I remember as a teenager growing up, like Wendy's, and they were just stationary. Yeah, I put a brand new one in uh, being cheesy. It a is fryer? a counter. Yeah. It is a countertop because it will never be operated. You, you um, tried okay. fries, or I don't want to even. Try, you, you didn't try it. Even dirty it. Oh no! It's I just did anticipated maybe that uh, that food truck that that fast food one had already. No, been, it does. Uh, it does a uh, pre-bag chips, and then we do uh, all the high-end proteins like hot dogs, burgers. Yeah, and you can do all those on a flat top. Flat top or a char broiler. Yep. Um, I, I just wonder when you mentioned salad and soup. I mean, that would. I mean, it would probably be easier from a overall cooking perspective because you could yeah. have like a refrigerated unit right. with all the salad ingredients and then like your soups could be pre-made with like yeah and like crack pots or whatever you would want to use or whatever so the ceiling the reason we never got to it was the threshold of culinary art skills for making good soups seemed out of reach for me mm. <laughs> I, I didn't have the ability of drawing from my mom's favorite recipes or yeah. grandma had, you know, one that she just was so popular. I couldn't draw from any be, of that. It would be hard too. Cause I mean, you get people who are just into like, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a vegetable, something noodley. Yeah. And other people are, are going to be more apt to be like, I'm more of a, uh, you know, cream based yeah. soup person. And should have mixed a little of my uh, cream ale with that. Yeah. It literally yeah. tastes like a pumpkin pie. Nice. I'm not not mad about this one. <laughs> so I know we run into this situation a lot here. You know, there's websites out there that say you can start a rage room for three grand. Mm. And I mean, Mike's seen this since the beginning. Uh, if we tried to start this with three grand, we would have closed three days later. Um, do people come to you and basically say, hey, I hear this is really easy? Yeah, they do. And uh, again, if you had unlimited cash, and you knew that you had a long haul in mind where you didn't have to make that money back, I would say that you're in a much better position than somebody who cares about the business, has a passion for being in the business, and a strong desire to be in the business. There, there's, a, there's a big leap there. Um, I started with a church mission in mind, and mine was to serve people who could not get back to work. And they would either have a hardship in their life, drug addiction, homelessness or some type of issue in their life that made their life very hard and they would have difficulty finding work. So I knew up front there'd be cash laid out. It would be flushed away for a period of three years with the idea that in seven years, it would have its own brand recognition for that type of mission. And so I know we're on track for that because historically now I can look back on two years, I have lost half of what I lost the first year. Sure. <laughs> and so I'm going in the right direction after two years. And now I just have to be a little bit more careful in my decision making when it comes to what venues to work, which ones not to work and who to hire, who not to hire, those types of things. Okay. Yeah. But it's 
it, there's going to be stuff that there's no one's going to predict. So you have to have either a parachute you can pull from to make it go away, or you just have a tenacity of problem solving skills where you're just like, we don't have a choice. We have to go forward. And uh, then you shoestring it with a million ways of skinning a cat. Well, that's, no, a, that's a good, a good, you know, goal, like you said, to be able to get to the point where once you get the name recognition out there and, you know, you're making enough money just, you know, that you can eventually, like said, go to a place where people are like displaced or unemployed or whatever. Yeah. And just yeah. say like, here, have Rubens on me for the next five hours. Yeah, we, uh, we really want to serve others um, through this conduit. Uh, I've already done the, the commercial side of life and, and hit a retirement threshold that's set. I'm good that way. Now it's like, okay, why am I still here? I still got something else to finish up. Sure. Well, it's like great. for what, what, what my new adopted daughter has, uh, what kind of made me finally be like, I want to adopt you. Is when she was talking about, you know, getting her cosmetology degree so she could go to places like, you know, areas that, you know, may have just been hit by, you know, a disaster and basically wow. do, you know, free haircuts her, and yeah, her craft designs. And, and yeah, and be like, I'm not going to, you know, if you can pay me, great. If you can't pay me, no big deal. Thousands of philosophers say that if you're serving others, there's no bigger reward. And uh, I believe it um, when you're serving in that manner and you're giving a little bit of you and it's carrying someone a little bit further. Um, I trust that's true. Good. And, you know, I say there's, there's restaurants out there that, you know, it's, they don't have a menu or they, you know, they don't have a price on their menu. It's pay what you can. And, you know, normally it works out better for them. Um, you kind of, you mentioned that you had a fryer in your truck that you're never going to use. It's a counter. So that brings, <laughs> you're using as a counter. It's a really expensive counter. It is a counter. It's polished stainless steel. It looks very nice when yeah. it's not being used. Um, man, I, deep fried Oreos is what we're gonna do. <laughs> um, maybe that's what yeah, they fryers. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. So it would be uh, cleaning them. It's that like that oil steam that gets everywhere. That's just like disgusting. Yeah, it's not my favorite. How do you how do you design your trucks? I mean. Are you are you laying out like, hey, this is what I want to make. This is what I need here, here, here. So, um, do you have like a the state licensing? Kit? Yeah, the state licensing requires you to outline what you're going to serve, how you're going to deliver that food, from raw ingredients to finished product. So you're going to have to blueprint that. Okay. In our world, we fell into our menus. One I inherited, the other one we designed, and it's satisfactory to the the state regulations and then this third one was i just have to get something in irish rover that's high end rather than low end sure so that was a practical pivot again not coming from a chef's background not coming from anybody with uh, any type of uh, taste buds that are sophisticated um, we trialed and aired in a small pilot kitchen at home we did probably 25 variations and then suddenly those were the ones that were going to go live and so we're to five sandwiches now, no proteins on any of the grilled cheese sandwiches. And that just is faithful to what we've done in the past. Um, that'll change someday. Yeah, ham, ham will be great. Ham, but you know what? We can even can. go further. We can do something that you don't expect to find. And you're just like, huh? Um, sure. So yeah, it could be something different mm -hmm. that you're just like, 
man, that truck does it different than my grandma did, or does it different than my aunt Tilly does. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you never know. Um, but, uh, so little pilot kitchens, um, we love tastings. I just did a vegetarian tasting about two months ago at the civic theater. It was literally something I didn't understand the food. I didn't understand the ingredients. I didn't understand the spices. And uh, we served 15 to 20 people for free just to see if it would get some legs. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's that's really the ultimate experiment. How do I sign up for this test? It's very cool. I said, you, just, I said uh, you got three fat guys here. We'll try food. You, you got to know me personally. It helps to, to know me personally. Well, we do now. So <laughs> just saying we're going to try something here because yeah. I got a text that they want to come out and ask questions, I guess. So we're going to we're going to try this. I don't know how this is going to work. Steve's drunk. He might be. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Do you have questions? Steve. Are we live? We are, of course, live. Okay, I got to watch what I say, but I understand. Okay. <laughs> Who's all there tonight? Uh, we got Mike, Nick, and we're talking to Tom about his food truck. Tell, tell Steve I said hi since he can't uh, hear me. We specialize in gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches, Rubens, and uh, we have a fast food menu that uh, we're serving right now. I am a tremendous fan of food. I love food. Ask Dave, he can tell you I love it. <laughs> Ask Mike. Mike could know I like this too. Uh, Steve, Steve's like us. He's a fat guy. He loves food <laughs> and drinks. Yes. Feeding people of your type is my business, and business is good. Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. You know what? We have had a tremendous, I don't know exactly the right words to use, but over the past two and a half, three years, we have such a tremendously poor setup for the restaurants and the food people. And they've lost so much. We've lost so many good restaurants. And my wife and I were just saying just the other night, you know, it's hard to really find a good, normal place to eat. You can go to all the big fancy places. You know, you want to pay $200, $250 for four people for a meal. You can get a good meal. But the, the regular guy. It's hard for them to get a good burger and fries, and it's just all different than it used to be. I guess that's just the way of the world. Well, in SA, now, I, I don't know. I could spend $250 on a food truck. <laughs> I've seen some of them. Steve, um, now, how, how often do you go to a food truck down there, Steve? Now, now what do you – David didn't say I'm a little hard of hearing, did he? he? Nick wanted to know how often you go to a food truck down there. You know what? We have only one food truck down here, and I I just don't go to it. Not because and I've heard it's good. I I just don't go to it. Well, it isn't that out by third base? Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's exactly where it is. And don't they have tacos? Oh, yeah. Nick's a fan right now. Okay. Why doesn't he go there? Well, yeah. Everybody loves tacos. Um, 
Steve's been on with us a couple times. So Steve is, uh, uh, he, he's retired. Um, he's a builder by trade. How did he um, find you? Uh, so Steve, Steve is David. Mike, did you play football? I did not. So David's he, old he football was, coach. Yeah, he was like an he's, assistant coach when Dave was going through football. And okay. basically probably the closest thing Dave has in his life to a true father figure. Yeah. Okay. He's so, never been close to his dad. Okay. Um, so right when you when you get the opportunity, you kind of take those opportunities. Oh yeah, nothing against you. No doubt about it. Um, and he's so, one of the one of the greatest people like alive, yeah. in my opinion. And now you just experimented. Now you know what it's like. Yeah, Sick. taking calls and answering questions. Oh my goodness, this is a essay. We, gosh, we we answer a million questions. We get viewer questions on a constant. Um, my phone, I think my phone averages 147 calls a day. And that was, I mean, granted, that was three weeks ago when I started counting. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Um, so we talked about an exit strategy. I guess, what is your end goal? Um, you know, it's a really good question. It can pivot week to week, month to month. <laughs> uh, hour to hour at points. <laughs> um, but I, I, I am... Uh, I am convinced that in seven years, I'll hit retirement again, and uh, I will have a company that's valued at maybe the same value as my previous company, but it will be with my my identity tied to it individually with a church mission in mind, meaning that not only were we successful, not only did the company have uh, a sales um, that was suitable to support the business, but it can be sold for seven times EBITDA, or it could be um, a factor of 12 or something ridiculous just because everybody knows us, everybody loves us, and everybody wants to be part of us. And so someone buys it as a um, income stream because we polished this stone until it was the most brilliant one in the area. And uh, going through the sale of our firstborn, our first company with a business partner, looking back on it, I just think to myself, if we only had thought ahead um, a little bit more about the end game, it would be, uh, it would have been done differently, but I don't think more successfully, just differently. Sure. And now I have that hindsight. I can go and say, boy, why at five years did we just hire our first employee? Oh, wait, that's when this pivoted this. Okay. Now, when we add people to our team, I now have that hindsight to go, does it make sense to add somebody late in the season or not? Or do we take someone on because it's a high risk, but a good reward? Um, or this person has this skill, but not this skill. Let's work on it together and uh, see what comes of it. So not leaving it to magic, but just uh, saying, hey, let's take a chance and see where it takes us with, the, again, the end game. Sure. Five years from now, maybe they're part owner. Sure, which No is one could ever visualize yeah. that in the previous group. I say, and that's, you know, I, I look at that as one of my escape or one of my exits. I have a seven-year-old, which isn't very old, but I mean, you said you have kids yourself, like life goes very, very quickly. Sure. Um, I could see myself, um, you know, letting her buy me out. I say, it doesn't have to happen over a a normal 30 year organization. I don't care. Like, hey, 50, you know, the next 50 years are going to be 20, so 70, right? Just keep making me payments until I die, and then you get everything in the end, but just make sure I get my money, right? Yep. Um, run the business. And if you choose to sell, I don't care. Like, at that moment, 
I we've already talked about a price, right? Like, hey, this is what I'm going to get. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, will she get handed things? Yes, I'm not afraid to admit that, yeah, right? right? Um, no, you can keep. Going. I was just thinking along the lines of mentions. His, you know, it's nearing the end of his season. You know, he's not expecting. He wants to close in no, no less than two months. Like if he, if he's still doing activities in two months, he'll cry. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I mean, are these employees like regular enough where like while you're closed, they can earn unemployment? Oh, everybody and, has another way to get their 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 uh, bread buttered on both sides. Um, okay. All of our employees probably do not count on us for their primary income. Okay. Um, the first year I took somebody on and promised 32 hours a week and I was faithful with that. Um, but this is a, um, so this is more of like, you have a this large, is, yeah, a large I, I draw from 16 to 24 people. Yeah. Wow. Fill, really? Fill yeah. spots from, and they can be like, yeah, I want, you know, you've got something going on for five hours. Yeah. Like yeah, this coming exactly. Saturday. Yeah. I want, I'll take that. I'll take one yeah. of those. five. It's shifts still that way. Um, I have some regulars that will probably just dedicate their weekends to us. Um, there's some that don't want to do weekends. They just want to do weekdays, lunch services. And then there's others that want to do the cool concerts, you know? And, um, I, and I knew, you know, I've, I mean, I'm still, you know, I don't talk to him as much anymore because his kids have gotten out of scouts, but somebody I knew when he did more kind of what you said, like the, you know, the barbecue stuff, but he worked for one of the barbecue areas down in this one. and that was what he did is on the weekends he was yep. a full-time employee at yeah you know a couple of different companies you know always doing it related stuff but on the weekend to make extra money he was like i'm gonna go out and you know pull the pit you know to yeah. this place and yep. you know yep. do five hours of cooking and then sometimes 25 percent of the business is people have a uh a desire to share their art 25% of the business is an artist who turns it into a business and whether they make it, they make a ton of money or not, it rains or it doesn't rain. They just love sharing their gift. The other half is 50% of the business of the hundred. So that's going to be somebody who's all about the bottom line. You know, they really have to turn 60 units an hour. They need to do that for four hours or they're not going out. And then the other one is, I just think it's kind of interesting. 25% of those people may or may not be in the business in two years. So, so in about five years, when my youngest kid is out of high school, do you want to buddy up with a guy who is willing to take like Dutch ovens and cook at Dutch ovens and make like desserts and stuff? Uh, well, in five years, I'll still be filling the void of seven trucks. So, <laughs> uh, is that your goal? I wasn't happy to meet up with you and be like, hey, yeah. It'll be eight trucks. Want, seven uh, I'll make, seven I'll make some some s'more cobbler on these couple of Dutch ovens. I'll make some, you know, other things on these Dutch ovens, and just you know, you can get rid of the uh, on the weekend. You can get rid of the uh, Sam's Club uh, brownie bites. There you go, a real dedicated dessert. Oh, yeah. Now I'll bring all my own supply, all my own gear. <laughs> just deliver it ready made. So you just have you have know, bonfires outside of every truck. Let's <laughs> say, um, do you know by chance the success and fail rates of a food truck? It's got to be similar to a restaurant, okay. um, which is pretty high. Right, I, I thought like I've that's heard crazy. Fifty percent um, wow. in certain areas, it can be worse. Um, so yeah, I, 
I have watched brands already turn or not come back the next season in my short time. Um, and again, it's probably just a lack of cash. Um, you break down and miss three or four events. You are in the black until you do that. And then you're red and you never come back. And suddenly your bus driving job or your full-time gig at the office seems a lot more more beneficial than than this thing. Sure. Uh, three or four rainy days can break somebody's back if they can't get the cash flow That's okay. um, that covers their expenses. And insurance doesn't stop. Rents don't stop. I know all these things don't go away because we have a bad bad run of uh, terrible weather. Um, you kind of, I think, mentioned a good point too. Like if you just decide, you know, let's say it's a common event that you go to that, you know, is they'll bring, okay, we're going to bring like five different food trucks and we're going to, you know, assume, you know, you're going to get, you know, a thousand people in the entire event. So you might get, you know, 200, 200 people or whatever. You drop one weekend on going to that, that they do it, let's say monthly, and you're like, I don't want to do it this time. All of a sudden, they find a food truck that people like. They might say, I don't need you anymore. Yeah, you lose that lose that pathway. So there are trucks that specialize in that, and I would know their trucks by name. Like they're at yeah. these um, three-day raves or the uh, country western concerts, or they go to MIS. Um, yeah. That's not my jam. My jam is not oh. even... In curious about that world that's almost to me concession like yeah and yeah. uh i'm just not that's that's not yeah. really. it'd be like it'd be like doing the state fair circuit or the yeah. county fair circuit yeah. yeah yeah exactly you know the elephant ear guy right the french fry guy and then the i, mean, I, I, I do guy. love myself an elephant ear <laughs> oh it does hey the, you spoke the rest of, of it the, i uh, could give it to guys i could get all the other stuff you could get at a county fair or whatever you know i could go get a hamburger from mcdonald's and fries from wendy's and but well, you i just got a good punch an elephant ear is not the same if it's not at like a fairground <laughs> it's gotta be so the world's largest food truck event was in ionia this year that ionia that's where it and, is yes, uh, so there's it was maybe 60 trucks or something like that and you know so there was do only... they do that with like the free fair or when they do like yeah the... they actually do on the same grounds behind the I just didn't know if they timed stand. it like I guess no it's, it's no, different, fair, different but maybe with the uh, when they do that no it wasn't tied to the regular thing no it was just a standalone event sixty <laughs> trucks maybe there was fifty but there was only three lines for that event and the elephant ear guy was one of them oh yeah oh wow like, oh man this is killing me yeah watching him long lines and me. Yep. There it is, truck girl. And I'm like, oh yeah, concessions, they're horrible. Yeah. It wasn't horrible for him. Killed it. It's all about the kids, I'm telling you. Did like, uh what blows my mind is the people that do the damn candied apples. Mm. I'm like, who the hell is walking around with their kid letting them just get caramel and candied apple all up all in over. their face? And I'm just like, but they sell, damn it. They do. Like, I think that's another. I mean, I do love myself about a caramel it, apple too. Number one, it's got to be a hot dog truck. It's got to make the most money, right? Or tacos. Um, or number two, cotton candy. Tacos probably because you can, you can cook your own hot dog at a grill and it tastes the same as getting them from a truck. Yeah, but I'm saying profit-wise and then cotton okay. candy. No, right? hang on. Hang on a second. We were so disappointed they don't have hot dogs on the cruise. Well, yes, but that, that wasn't anything other than that was, that was second lunch. Or like third. A- or third lunch, or yes. Or? Hot dog what? 
hot dog free zone or something no so they had the cruise mike and i went on last year they had an actual hot dog stand basically they had hot dogs polish sausage italian sausage and you know it was does it mean that their little like cafe isn't gonna have it or whatever right but this was a dedicated spot yes that mike and i a couple days when we were there yeah we we kind of yeah we kind of gravitated over there and we get a couple hot dogs or a couple sausages and again, it was probably partly because they weren't doing the dinner buffets. Yes, I, I would agree I with a lot of that. I think is they're adding buffets for all the meals. Some of those other pop-up foods aren't going to be available anymore. Well, you know, and we we made a comment yesterday that we never got buzzed. No, I was buzzed in Nassau. Well, yes, after Giuliano oh, gave yes. us like five beers. Three beers, yes. So I, I think that's wrong because that's the first time we wouldn't got hot dogs. Okay, I guess we the idea being that on, on the actual boat. On the, on the boat, we never did, yes. We were not, even when we were drinking at Coco K, we never got bought. True. Yes, when he's just handing us, here, let's have another Khalid Gold. Let's have yeah. another, you know, dark one. Let's have another. So, so do you do like the food truck Fridays? Yeah, um, I avoided those the first year because we just didn't have the uh, sales per hour. That would be necessary to be successful in that area. I also thought that I didn't want to be the truck with the long lines and the long waits, and I didn't want to have our brand look like um, that would be troublesome for them to hire us. Um, So this year, I did two in a row. Uh, One was uh, I subbed for somebody, and then I was invited back for the second one. It's literally across the street from my house in our city. And uh, that's where I kind of got the bug. I was like, how do you run out of food? It's a food truck. You had one job. Right. Now I'm learning after two years, <laughs> you're a, supposed to run out of food. That's yeah. A, that's a food truck business. So that's and cool. So yeah. I, uh, you're not selling you know, as much as you want if you don't run no, out of food. No, I just, day. I could write about, I was like a badge of honor to right. go home with ingredients. I'm like, now I'm like, oh, it's right. only a tomato is only good for oh. three days. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the entire thing when you talk about like, and I mean, I understand like uh, the Reuben one is going to be a lot of, you know, pre-cooked refrigerator stable meat and things like that. You know, you're not going to have like, you know, raw, you know, beef or pork or whatever it may be. So you're not going to deal with, you know, those you could freeze and stuff like that. But yes, you're talking about, yes, produce is only good for handful of days once it's purchased and you know cheeses yeah. if you store them right oh. and but there well is sealed, they're good for we're just gotta follow and so when you open right. up a processed cheese it's certainly got a better shelf life than a brie or a yeah. open pepper jack or something like that and are you are you a cheese connoisseur now negative <laughs> so no, nope and i actually um i would say that i probably will never get more sophisticated in my taste buds either I, there's a certain point where you just go okay it's a necessary part of the business but it's not one that i choose to enhance i really do like the the hideous foods you know i i mean pizza is my jam and and barbecue and tacos from probably the dirtiest truck in the world you, you fit right, right into the simple food Give, give um, me, give me, I mean, well, I love goat cheese. So that's why I think that goat cheese, cheese you know, um, grilled cheese you were talking about and feta and stuff like that. But like, I don't like the, 
you know, really stinky cheeses. I'm not a huge no. fan of any of the really like weird like blue cheeses that are just like so strong that you basically take feel like you're tasting a eating a gym sock when you uh yeah. right into them. But I mean like I love like provolone and munster and some of those are like my yeah. favorites. And there's hope. Uh, I mean I do like sharp New York cheddar. Oh, I, I love like sharp one of the New nastiest, York cheddar raunchiest too. smelling cheese in the world. And uh, Limburger is that what it was called? Oh yeah it's nasty too. Yeah. Yeah it has a bad stink. Yeah. <laughs> I got extra credit for eating a piece. <laughs> so making a sandwich out of that could be our like that's when we're like, okay, we time to sell it. They, um, they would be able. They would be able to smell you, exactly. like once you got within like twenty feet of the. Not uh, just being cheesy, but being stinky. Yeah, stinky uh, cheese. Give them the old stinky cheese. <laughs> All baseball references. Um, so you you, just, you bought, you bought and started during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He's like, yeah. yes, I did. So I came off a of FEMA deployment uh, as a paramedic. I was in New York City for a few weeks. And uh, came back and uh, started our season and uh, operated through through COVID and then uh, through hypo-COVID and now obviously post-COVID. And um, it was, yeah, it was an interesting time. But remember, right, that's when you started the business, incorporated during, you'll, oh, yeah, 2020. No, that's, and so it didn't scare you, I guess, during? No, uh, again, what I have is this drive to take my church mission domestically, not go internationally, not go out and go to Egypt or Africa to spread the word. And so I just thought this is where I'm supposed to be. The business is easy to understand. The the barrier of entry to work in it is pretty low. And I had administrative abilities and I also had the ability to interpret lots of paperwork and, and drill it down to a policy or procedure. Um, and so taking all that experience, this business is a lot easier to have gotten into and never had any fear, or uncertainty or doubt at all. Um, and that's probably a, a good thing. Maybe in the long run, it won't be a good thing, but we'll see. I mean, you say you never know until the end, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, now, you mentioned you have 16 to 20 something employees yep. um, between, between the two trucks. Yep. How, if somebody wants to do this, how do they contact you? How do they apply? Uh, they'd go to our website. Um, our website is uh, strictly a web page. It's got a static contact us page. Uh, all of our employees have come to us by word of mouth, um, or um, I knew them and and they just wanted to be part of the the cool places that we go. Um, but if you go to collarbrasssolutions.com, it's a contact us page. You reach out to me by social media, Facebook or Instagram. We certainly would make sure that you you get onto our team. And just as early as today, I met with somebody. They thought it'd be interesting. And I said, then do a shift. Yeah. Do a yeah. shift, see what our culture's like, see what our environment's like. If you like it, this is the pay plus tips. And uh, you just sign up for shifts and now you're with us. There we go. Um, we don't do a lot of screening. I know that people are going to have different backgrounds and things like that. And and I think that uh, that makes it kind of Is cool. there a weight restriction? You know, <laughs> but you only have about 28 inches yeah of like your personal of space the working area yeah because there's equipment on one side and the other side and uh, i lose a lot of battles yeah because if there's two of me we're into each other's business yep <laughs> um so 
you would cook and you'd have no help. <laughs> that's it, man. You're 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 a cook and that's what you you're do. Okay. In any event of a fire, you would get out first. Oh no, crap. Okay, so yeah, which is no, honestly, that's not who I am as a person, right? I would literally we, throw since people. Since you got all windows. like the, the flat tops and everything, we can we throw away uh add like a breakfast menu in the light. So everyone thinks that uh, it's kind of like a restaurant where you can add or remove items. Your menu. Oh no, I yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it's you, fixed. Yeah. So I have done pancake breakfast, and that's probably the most fun I've ever had in the back of my own truck. But it was for a private event, and yeah. we were doing thirty-two pancakes every every five minutes and that was fun um but yeah <laughs> fun. You, and, and you might be able to do that like i said as you get into like those more like charity type situations yeah, and it was it was a neighborhood association by temporary my, kitchen license and i got permission i mean because I, mean, I, 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 I do pride myself on being a pretty good uh you know eggs your way you know type guy <laughs> Oh, like a short order oh. cook, right? Oh, when, when, I have the, uh, when I have uh, space to do it, I'm like, oh, over easy gotcha. So I, I, I have to jump on this for a second because he just said Mel, and I know only three people here know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I'm I'm 34. You know Mel? Uh, Mash? No. Damn it. Uh, Alice. Alice. Yeah. Mel was the cook. Uh, Vic, Vic Tabak. From yeah. Alice? What is yeah. Alice? Alice was a... Sitcom on yeah. TV. Really? Yeah. She, she was had, a waitress in a diner. Bell was the kiss cook. my grits. Remember any other terms? Kiss my, kiss my grits. I've heard that, but like, oh, I've never like. I've I loved so Alice. So many shows, huh? Yeah. This surprises me. So, say uh, you're talking We're about. We're not even pancakes. talking Alice, the uh, housekeeper from uh, the Brady Bunch. From the Brady Bunch. Yeah, right? no, not her. Say, no. My, my wife's grandma was the cook for camp that we were both counselors for and she did this for years and years i mean 60 years of her life type thing right she was the cook or 50 oh but uh so then she was getting older and so i was like all right hey i'll, I'll step in and so like I'm, I'm doing pancakes one day and like i flip and then i flip and she's like you never double flip a pancake and well i was like oh man like i have had your food okay like <laughs> you are the most white generic lady like and so I'm getting yelled at about pancakes. The pancake so like actually, now, for the first flip, the pancake actually tells you when it's ready. It does, like when the, bu- it the bu- bubbling, yeah. the bubbles and all that. Yeah, but like it's fifty dots. I was told. And then it's like, I can see if this. If you're really right? like, skilled, you got when, the log spatula. You can fit like flip, flip like three at a no, time. No, this was. I mean, granted, this 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 thing was great. The uh, but right. So I'm I'm on pancake duty and just ba 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 ba. And then I'm sitting here ladling out things. I'm getting yelled at for helping, which is always my favorite to do, right? Like when you volunteer, get yelled at. Like yeah. that's when you know you've made it in yeah. life, okay? Yeah, you know, I'm getting a tip. <laughs> Grill, <laughs> grilled cheese should be about the same. There should only have to be one flip out of grilled cheese. No, see, the problem is, and, and your grilled cheeses were, were great. I am just the most picky person you've ever met. Um, in theory, or, I want to hold my grilled cheese just hit the- above the heat. I want it to melt all of my cheese, but I don't want my bread to actually get colored. <laughs> so, That's weird. I want microwave one, bread. Almost. Like, why, like how, is, if there Gross. was if there was a way to like have melty like I don't, but I don't like liquid cheese. Melt like, just get some Velveeta and throw it on there. Right, but like yeah. cheese I, want, I want really melty cheese with white, light, soft, yeah. squishy, nummy bread. bread. I, I want idea, that thing toasted. My idea is a. I'll do I'll do sourdough, but it has but like I don't want the crusty like. Normally, people want that crunch. Yeah, like, yeah. Like when kinda I make... like, kind of like a brown, maybe kind of some nope. of the where where your beard starts. 
built nope. not from the like down, but as you get closer to the base. If, if you ask me how I make my and, Sunday and cheese, that when you pull it apart goes sweet. Like, That's what I want. Just like right. that. Just stretch without the crispiness. That like, but I also do that with my my toast and toast and jelly. It's just warm bread and jelly. Let's just be honest about this, okay? I want lightly done. I'll take a little brownness if I have to, but like I don't want that crunch. I'm, you're you're, but, you're my brother. Yeah, exa- exactly how my brother just, was. You know, honestly, just give me a PB and J, and we'll just call it a breakfast sandwich. But um, so, gosh, we're we're hitting. A so basically, put questions. a uh, uncrustable on a frying pan for like ten seconds aside. You get it. Um, so where do you where do you store your truck? Um, I uh, share a kitchen, or trucks. Like a barbecue kitchen. With a bar- it's a catering kitchen uh, that uh, has a second company there and uh that's where i park uh, it's in downtown and uh yeah i does a parking spots designated storage and, and uh, refrigeration and freezer also and one of the ideas besides so of course me being who i am i was like man you know i kind of want to do a food truck mm-hmm. and then i was like you know what i don't want to do a food truck you know what i want to do i want to like i want to hold food trucks so what do you think about my business idea this is a quick pitch Basically, I want a building that's got like a ghost kitchen so that way people can get their, their pre-approval so they can cater, they can do whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll host freezers that will have, you can put yeah. your padlock on, yeah. um, store all your stuff. And then I also want to have a storage facility to where you everybody can just kind of put their food trucks. So that way you have a gated community aspect of things. You drive through, I'm going to have a drive through so that way you can go into your freezers, hop everything out. Everybody does this. You have gated little areas of what what you know hey this is your business this is your business it's not all one yeah and then you also still have this uh this restaurant or you know this uh kitchen so that way it passes code for when people are like hey yeah the city has to come see where we actually have our yeah. designated kitchen yeah that's what i want to own now and i think i'm gonna own it in ottawa county so i <laughs> think you can also uh, use it in, you can also do as like a test kitchen people could be like i wanna you know yeah you could rent out time. you know yeah. Test something I've, you know, I want to get rid of the, you know, tomatoes are out of season. So we're going to get rid of the tomato and goat cheese and we're going to go with, you know, more of a, you know, winter vegetable or whatever. Yep. I think it makes sense. And uh, there is a concept kitchen down um, running the same way and they'll charge a rent to park and plug in, a price to park, plug in and have some dry storage. And then park, plug in, some storage, ice access. You know what I mean? You can scale it out. Um, but is that in Grand Rapids? Yeah. It's really? South. Yeah, it's in Wyoming. In Wyoming, even? In Wyoming. That's, yep. that's your area now. Yep. The area? Or- yeah, Michael and 28th area. Okay. No shit. Yep. Yep. This is literally around the corner. Yeah. And uh, the warehouse? I mean, it's got to be cool. Anyway, do you, yeah. know, do you know the name of it? We can say it off. Yeah, there if you want. I, I don't know the name of it. Okay. Um, but I explored it in the beginning, thinking, well, if we went all year round, you know, but the price point, you know, you just gotta, it's gotta make sense. 100%. Um, <laughs> That's another in, thing. You're in not making food, money when it's yeah. There. In food business, there's not a huge markup. People think that there is naturally, but there isn't. No. Um, so then you're stuck with, uh, if your rent say a thousand dollars. You divide that by the platters and you're like, okay, how do we get that back? (laughs) And that's, I think the problem with people, right? And David and I have this fight all the time is, you know, he's like, hey, I want employees to have a higher wage and stuff like that. But just for your truck, I mean, you have the purchase of your truck, right? Which you need to 
make back someday. Now you have the maintenance cost and things like that of that truck. As you said, it's 500 bucks just to get a tow. And sure, it's not the employee responsibility, but it's a budget yep. that you have to do. Yep. Storage. Let's say it's a thousand. I mean, storage is expensive, right? right? Um, you have to front all the cost of everything. And then, so like you have all the cost ahead of time, and yep. then you start officially making towards money, right? Like <laughs> initial it, investment. You're, you're paying X amount per dollar every yep. hour. And then at the end of the day, you officially finally, hey, you know, I'm five hours into this six hour shift. And I finally get to make my money. Right. And you're hoping that you're busy this entire time. Yeah. 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 Um, the numbers are easy to understand as long as you track them. And just like any other business, it's not that unique. your operating cost and cost of selling goods. There's going to have to be some justification there. Sure. And um, so we look at as an industry, you want 40 transactions an hour, 60 is really good. Some trucks can do 75 to 100, depending on their, you know, like an elephant or a truck. I don't think that they have a problem hitting 60 units an hour. Um, yeah, and it feels like those lines take forever and they're going to do. They do. But if you think every but minute, one a minute yeah, one's going good. out and sometimes three go out at once. And so that you yeah. start to figure that out. You just have if you stop it. Yeah. yeah. If you stop watching it, you just say, okay, well, it's 60. And if the plate costs eight bucks, eight times six, okay, that's 480 an hour. Now back up staff breakdowns every 400 miles whatever the numbers sure be. sure um and then you know food is not marked up as much as it's increasing so you got to keep track of that stuff too um, so i say a hundred dollars an hour people are like what yeah it's not just a human yeah yeah <laughs> what the costs are it's not a human it's a hundred dollars an hour to be somewhere and if somebody wants you to be there for eight hours it costs me $500 to be there. Mm -hmm. How do I get to that plus something that will cover the ingredients, cover the, yeah. the unforeseen? No, well, you hit a good point. I mean, your supply costs are going up, like I said, food, you know, 13, all those other kind of things. But people aren't going to, aren't always like, oh, we understand that, you know, inflation and gas prices are up. So we're willing to spend 14 instead of 12. They still want to spend 12. Yeah. No, I want to spend 12. I just read an article about butter. Butter is up like 35%. And that's a main ingredient. I'll say it's yeah. weird because I honestly believe that because I just bought two boxes of butter the other day. Um, and I was pissed, right? Like, and Marty's no better. Well, I looked mm -hmm. at my wife and I was like, we're using some fake shit now. And she's like, no, we have to have real butter. And I was like, no, the F I don't. Like, you know what I need? That. That's cheap. That says no brand. And it just says the word butter on the box. I don't care what kind of butter it is, right? Yeah. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, but confirm it's confirmed. <clears throat> the idea is certain ones. I'm, well, if it they're literally could say Crisco oil for all I give a shit is butter. It has to be butter, so it has to be uh, fine. It, made from cream. oil, margarine. I mean, I can't believe it's not butter. Is trademarked via margarine. It just... could have said the word oil and I would have been fine because of the, the cost savings. It is crazy. I, I think I paid $2 a stick and granted, I use it on my eggs. I mean, granted, I'm a big dude. I use butter on everything, but I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, 35% increase. And that is, I mean, if you're not buttering your bread, I'm I'm out. Like, yeah. let's say. Look at it, everything. I mean, it's like I said, I mean, butter is again, a product of, you know, cows. so if they're using more for just regular like cream or half and half or milk or whatever, that's less than they can 
used to make butter. Yeah. Now, where or do you buy most of your products? Is it all the same spot? Uh, no, uh, I have permission to purchase from three sources, uh, two major retail stores, and then uh, the local distributor, Gordon's. Okay. Yeah, we're working with a produce specialty store, and then also um, uh, your Cisco's and your vineyard and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but we have the luxury of, in a tough economy, Gordon's has been very stable when you look at how unstable the market is. Mm -hmm. um, there are times where I can't source certain chips um, to match up with our menu and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a, that's just the hardship of the times. Sure. And I could have swore the chips I had were uh, the Ruffle ones were Meyer brand um, because that's like one of my favorite chips. <laughs> you do love Meyer chips. You know, what? you guys want really little. Did you like the red ones? That's what the ones, yeah. Yeah, sweet barbecue. Yeah, from, yeah, from they're, like, they're really good. My favorite chip of all time. They source out of Gordon's and uh, really, oh, it's just delicious. It's, that makes sense. It's like a cherry, yeah, red. Um, but that's a Great Lakes chip. Um, but there's a Great Lakes chip there. There's a blue tortilla. And oh, a, uh, oh, that's right. You did, yes, yeah. yeah, so you did three chips plus the brownies. Yeah, I because I do love blue tortillas. Yeah, they're good. I, I do. Real good. So it looks cool. And, and when you pull the sandwich off, it looks like someone cared about it. And uh, it was dark. <laughs> well, they knew with a lot of these places. I mean, like you said, you could, like, you said, talk about like the Meyer Ripple chips or whatever. A lot of the same, like, Meyer and Gordon's, unless they're like, you know, the name buying the Doritos and Ruffles and stuff like that in a, you know, major large thing. They probably buy from a lot of the same, yeah. Somebody's bag companies them and just label them with their name or whatever because that's how. Yeah. I always learned this. I learned this a handful of years ago at my job, and it's basically like there are certain things that companies make themselves, and then there are some things that they buy from other companies and just throw their own label on. And Kraft is a good example. Kraft makes their American cheese. You buy Kraft American cheese, that's made in Kraft plants. You buy Kraft Swiss cheese, they bought that from another company and just throw a Kraft label on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Co-packing, magic. Yeah. You know how to get in front of people. Now, have you thought about putting your stuff into packages and putting it in a vending machine? Absolutely not. No, it, uh, it just seems like a, a different pathway that just does not intrigue me. Um, and, uh, you know, Cheese melts when it wants to. So, and, even for the other truck, it unmelts when it wants to. Could you imagine a Reuben in a in a spinny wheel? A wheel of death is what we always call it. I would not buy it. Dude, I no dude, no no. See, the problem is, is people. Well, I mean, I don't. People buy chili dogs from those things. Okay. Have you I, seen I those would people? not eat gas station yes. gas station sushi if I ate sushi. Nick would. I've never eaten gas station sushi because I'm scared of that fact. Oh yeah. Right. And like, I'm I, I didn't even know it was a sushi snub until. So, all right. Why a truck versus a trailer? Ignorance. Um, I believe the future for our organization will be trailers. Because um, you can get any F 150 to pull it. Well, no, that's not the reason. Um, but uh, maintenance wise and. Um, Portability. I mean, right now, I told you, I won't go out more than 60 miles sure. because, you know, it's expensive. And, you know, towing a trailer, you blow a tire. Granted, it's going to be a problem. 
but the math is a lot better for trailers. Um, so I say ignorance. Um, I think we're going to go into that world if if my numbers are right. Um, but there's something ditchy about food trucks. And uh, I had access to these two food trucks. And that's why I have three food trucks now. Okay. Because I had access to them. But the trailers are very interesting to me. And if somebody wanted to probe around, I'd say, yeah, you, you know, get out there and, and hustle with something that costs you 40K instead of 60 or 70K and a uh, little easier to repair. It doesn't break down. If it does break down, it's usually something you can work around. Sure. You know, I don't know the hardships of a trailer. Maybe someday I'll get into it and go, whoops, back to trucks. Mm. Um, I'll learn from my other friends that are in the business, you know, why the trailer, why the things, but it was ignorant. Um, so now can anyone drive the truck? Yeah. Uh, in our state, we don't have uh, restrictions on anything that's as heavy as a food truck. Can there be exceptions? Sure. But yeah, there's no restrictions. It has height issues, weight issues for small town bridges. Uh, and you do not want someone who doesn't know how to use their mirrors driving it. So not everybody drives my trucks. That's actually a, a higher level of, of uh, employee. We have three or four people that can drive our trucks, which is nice because that means that I don't have to do everything. Sure. Um, but if they can use mirrors and they've demonstrated success driving something that's at least 20 feet big, this truck's only 28 and the other truck is probably 30-ish. Um, I mean, one's a stick shift. That one's not running. Um, so that those would be the barriers for someone to be able to drive it. But there's no law that says they have to have a special license. Sure. Um, you kind of mentioned, hey, you know, my friends and things like that. So do you have something like a BNI group or like meetups of local associations would be yeah. the best thing there you, go. Uh, you can refer to? Um, there's not a lot of networking. There's not a lot of um, support to help mentoring and things like that. If you think about it, it's a standalone restaurant for practical purposes for many people in the industry. So they're going to be looking for their own survival, and I get it. Um, it'd be neat if there was, but you know, I, I mean, you're thinking like a chamber of commerce mentality, but yes and no, it's not there. Um, I really wish that there was there was camaraderie. That was to the point where it's like, I want you and I to work together on projects. Um, you don't see that frequently other than these large food truck events. And that's usually a food truck who's been successful at it, bringing 20 people and they you know, they pay to a channel to get into that event. Would they, would that be something that would interest you in starting up? probably would be something five years from now mm -hmm. when people know who I am and, you know, I, I can show that my company is relevant. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, okay, all you have to do now is pivot now to coordination instead of, um, you know, how do you get to each event? Like um, you said, like so support groups may work better, like multi-state or whatever, because then, you know, if you're dealing with somebody in like Maryland, they don't consider you a competitor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I wish that we would, uh, we would advocate for each other and i wish that the associations might say you know what the city wants to make this rule for food trucks we ain't doing it <laughs> well it's you know i mean we ain't doing it it's just like ridiculous they have these all, all these rules and it's like suddenly some group has to say we're not serving in your city anymore you've made it too difficult but nobody 
Well, that's to do that. And you're going to chase the money. I think that that might be my place. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I hate somebody who has nothing to lose sort of mentality. And you just go, it's not okay for you to make this too much of a hardship. Yep. Your constituents want it. And all you're doing is making it expensive and, and just not reachable. I, you know, I like where your head's going. This is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a member of the Rental Property Owners Association. The RPOA is in Grand Rapids. They're one of the biggest things out there. They're proponents. Um, and, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of complaining about the government lately because they're, they're doing what you're talking about is, um, oh, hey, you can't be here at this time. You can't do this. Like, and they're just, you know, city inspections are becoming a hassle just as much as an inspection on a food trailer, right? Like you're, you're telling me, hey, I can go to, and let's just throw stupid names out there. I don't, I don't know where you're at, but like I can go to uh, Muskegon, right? And um, get approved where Kent County is ridiculous, but Ottawa County says, hey, this one. So, you know, you have different counties that have different rules and regulations and things like that. And that it's just, it's such a pain in the butt and it shouldn't yeah. happen. Um, you know, and the government's putting their, their two cents into things that they know nothing about. Let's be honest, right? Nobody in the government owns a food truck, right? Sure. Some of them own some real estate. <laughs> like, you know, I know a city inspector in a certain town that doesn't own in his own town that he inspects in because he says it's too shitty. <laughs> right like the standards are too high yeah and he's like no i just don't want to, and he and he's like i don't want my coworkers to know what i own or whatever and i was like yeah you're full of crap and he goes no he goes it's so stupid to me and i was like see you understand it but yeah that's I, also why we get along i love advocacy and i think yeah. it's a big deal for people to come together and yep. and support each other because the world's tough already yeah. and uh so our association has good outreach in other words i'm visible because of the their presence on the World Wide Web. Um, and there are members on there that do care about each other. But I think if 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 there was some more, um, not teeth, that's a negative word, but just a little bit more pushback. Pushback. And then also, let's do this together. Let's mm -hmm. figure out how to do this together. And so maybe my opinion will change as I learn more about it. Um, but that to me is a big deal. When you, uh, when you bring people together of like minds, that uh, that you're there to support each other, so that you all lift the lift the operation up. Um, well, I think you see that in a lot of different um, businesses too, because I know that we've had people reach out to us about you know creating a rage room, and they be let's say within two hours of us, and Dawn's <laughs> open. She'll tell them you know this. First off, this is not easy. It's not cheap. Contrary to whatever you've read, and if you want to, I absolutely would consult for you but you have to know what you're getting into. And we probably had four or five really interested. And then once they found out what this takes, they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I'm out. Well, that's, you know, and and we haven't seen really anybody else that's, you know, yeah, everybody else is like, you know, cutthroat for it, which, you know, that's fine. You can try that, but. And, and you'll have that on a constant basis, no matter the business, right? Yeah. If somebody thinks it's cheap. That's the thing. Like, that's the hard part is if it's cheap business to get into, the wrong people are going to get into it. Right. So and it's not trying to keep the people out, but, um, you know, it, it goes the same with real estate. If you buy a $20,000 house, the tenant quality is way different than a $200,000 house. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. It's just statistics are statistics. It's just reason, reality. Right? Yeah. Like, 
Um, so how often on your trailers do you have inspections? Uh, we are mandated to have two per year to maintain our credentials. And um, so that would happen twice in a season. Our season runs from April to April. Okay. So I, in fact, I have one tomorrow for one truck and I had one last week for another truck. I choose when that is, which is nice. That is. Compared so to other industries, you, down, yeah. you have invited them into your house. That's and that is really cool. They get to see the best presentation that mm-hmm. you can present to them. Sure. Um, and I do, uh, I think that's pretty neat. Uh, my brothers and sisters in the other food service business don't. They get to... Uh, they, they walk get, in. Yeah, they, they just show they up. Be, they show up, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I mean, mine is for real estate. It's the same. Like, they tell me I get to pick roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and back when I was working, hey, I mean, I'd, I'd basically take a whole day off just to go show them you know, 12 units because we're walking through all these and I'm like, and then if I fail one, right, I have to get that done and then meet up with them again. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is like, you've now taken food off my table and then you just Maybe. suck a shit ton of food off my table, right? Like, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm eating filet every night. <laughs> so Once you get over the initial inspection, yep. you're in the club. And I think that's, that's good because it is a very high bar. To sure. get that initial state inspection out of your way, and then if you maintain it with good faith, um, it, that's that's not too bad. I mean, I I would be very surprised if anybody really complains about their um, relicensing inspections. So that's, I've never really heard anybody that yeah, complain too much about it. Um, well, I would I would guess that you know you're at, you might not have been happy originally getting turned down by the one county. I but, uh, I went for a fire inspection four times. Wow. Miserably unsuccessful. <laughs> well, I, and I got to imagine now that it, it worked out kind of the better way because you're, yeah, it's, it's as strict as it can be. So, you know, you're good. Yeah. And so, yeah, now that I'm, <laughs> you're past it, right. <laughs> it feels not as uncomfortable, but yeah, that was not a fun time just to feel like you could not please, um, please the system. But um, in the end, we're better. I say we are so we've held, we've held you for quite a long time we've asked you probably a thousand questions you just don't know it um now, I, I know the most important question what's that uh, if we because i know we didn't get to all the questions if we wanted you back is that a possibility i'd love to talk more about this business okay. you just got to recognize that the container is only half full yep and uh, it's only as full as i can make it with my limited experience but yeah if anybody has any questions they can always reach out to me online they can uh, pass it through the Collar Brass Solutions, send me an instant message or Instagram, Facebook, uh, and then, of course, CollarBrassSolutions.com. And, you know, that, you know, really could be the way that we serve each other is mm-hmm. that you share information back and forth. And um, if somebody has, you know, something that didn't get addressed today or or, or wants to get into the playing field, mm-hmm. be glad to hand, answer those questions that way. Or, or maybe we extend this in time again. Did he just like answer my question? Like, yeah, he did. Did you read my brain? Yeah. Hey, tell us about you and where you can find. No, yeah. that's cool. So, well, <laughs> so, you know, it's we, funny. You asked me if I worked on a food truck for a summer. Yeah. I'm like, how did he know that? Freak <laughs> me out. I, um, <laughs> you know, we told you kind of beforehand, right? Like, yeah, asked, before we start, we, we ask, we ask questions that most people won't. And this is how our brain, this is how our brains work, right? Yeah. <laughs> because 
I understand a normal human being, right? This is the question I want to know. This is something that somebody asked me before. One of the things we were talking about before, you know, we started recording was uh, what what are we doing? What, you know, what's our plan? Yep. And, you know, uh, to, to an extent, we kind of have Napoleon's plan. We just kind of show up and see what happens. <laughs> um because at the end of the day we're just trying to share knowledge you know we we went through a whole bunch of investing in real estate stuff and nick and i are typically curious people we want to know what we don't know Mm -hmm. so we will sit there and just bounce off ideas hey who do we want to talk to and find something out about yeah and he came up with a food truck thing and threw it out there and i i talked to tom several times and every time he's like how did how did we get hooked up here? And I'm like, I don't know, Nick, somebody, Courtney knew, knew some other Courtney and (laughs) Courtney works for you. And there's two Courtney's and I don't know. You're welcome. So Tom, uh, really, I appreciate you joining us. Um, Guys, if you wouldn't mind, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to question mark, bourbon barrel. It's it's bourbon barrel age, which was great. This cream ale from, um, We'll post it in the show notes. Lexington Brewing, excuse me. All right. That's who it is. Um, my pumpkin ale was absolutely delicious. Um, I can't even say the name of the company. Shalotai. Yeah. Uh, let's say, And then Baltimore, Maryland from Duclaw Brewing, which actually was really good and disappointing. Southern tier. A disappointing southern tier. It was it was okay. Like, oh, because I had that pumpkin that was so yeah. much greatness too. There, this needed more pumpkin. In I it. did. Uh, um, I had from O'Fallon's, which I love, the salted caramel pumpkin beer, and then Pigeon Hill. Of course, I love Pigeon Hill. Mike, what do you got? That I I I really really liked the uh, the rogue raspberry tartlandia. Very very good. And the pastryarchy from Duclaw was good. I think it was just because it's been summer lately. Um, a nine point four percent was a little stronger than I'm used to nowadays. So maybe if I'd gotten it later in the winter after I've readapted to those strong beers again. But Nick, I will. I will make sure to save you at least one. Thank you. I uh, I will. Hang on. I'll have this up. Monday. I'm going to schedule it for Monday while we're gone. And our next episode. Uh, and then uh, you won't get anything from us until the following week because, you know, we'll be recording on the boat. And and the more drunk we get, the more episodes we're going to do on Pro- the boat. Probably. I, I promise you we're going to do a lot of episodes on the boat. What are we going to talk agree. about on the boat? Don't worry about it. Yeah. We're just going to grab people walking by. How, how to own how to own a cruise ship and get started doing that. Yeah, okay? exactly. See, exactly. Like, Tom's Sorry. excited. He's like, yeah, wait, how does talk this... about goods and losses of Cedo. Yep. Uh, how to gamble on a cruise ship yeah oh, so man. Man, um, and the right people that way yeah tom again tell us a little bit about where people can find you again and what what you had to drink yeah so uh i obviously enjoyed the uh diet pepsi by the pepsico company and uh i'm down around 18 ounces two to go and uh you can find us at collarbrasssolutions.com that's collarbrass solutions with an s.com of course, Instagram at Collar Brass and uh, Facebook at Collar Brass. And then I'm Tom at CollarBrassSolutions.com. Um, you see your trucks out there, say hello. Mention this uh, podcast and we'll spoil you some way. Oh, we're going to go find him. <laughs> we're going to go find him. So, take care. I'm going to follow you just if you ever get down to this area. Well, I, uh, I, I think that's very possible when we look at how our business will grow. I look forward to taking care of you. Good.
All right. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. We'll uh, be back with you live in a couple weeks. You've dialed in to Box and Brews. You might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews.